our rock. Now, I know Christ is our rock, but this is, we're just going to play like this is the rock, similar to the rock that Moses struck in the wilderness and water gushed forth. Because Jesus said, the words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Water of life gushes out of this rock. Amen? And so this is what we're going to look at it uh, like tonight, sort of metaphorically, illustratively, we'll do this. But here's the rock. We're calling this tonight Striking the Rock, how to get the most out of your Bible study. If I have any desire, if I were to be gone tonight, the legacy that I would want to have left, and I have no plans on going anywhere, but I'm just drawing an illustration. The legacy that I would want left is that you knew how to get alone, shut the door, and touch God, and draw from the Word, and draw from prayer, and strengthen yourself, just you and Him. That you would have a living, thriving, pulsating, devotional life. Because I know if you have that, you will live, you will thrive, you will grow, you will mature, you will become stable, and nothing will move you. Every Christian better learn this now. We've got to learn to touch God. So let's pray together. Father, we just thank you right now for the Word of God. We thank you, Lord, that you're teaching us how to get alone, shut the door, and pray to the Father who sees us in secret. And he who sees us in secret will reward us in the open. Lord, you told us to pray secretly in a prayer closet with the door shut and draw from the rock. Now, Lord, help us tonight to get a greater, stronger handle on this than we've ever had before. Put this into this church body like we've never had it before. And I ask you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, turn your neighbor and say it's going to be real tonight. It is going to be real tonight. Now, the notes, I did make some notes for you. I typed out the notes for this, and they're free. And if you didn't get them on the way in, you can get them on the way out. Because I I want you to have it in your hand. I want you to, to just have what I put down. Because what I'm sharing with you tonight is the way I have learned to get into the Word of God through the years. I just basically typed out, I sat down and said, okay, what do I do? Because I'm in the Word all the time, not just for you, but for myself. I'm in the Word all the time. So I had to ask myself, well, how do I do it? What is my process? And so I wrote down and just typed out the process that God has taught me, and it's very biblical as well. So let me, let me, uh, how many of you don't have the notes? Okay, well, the most of you got them. Good. All right. Now, let's just go ahead and read Exodus 17, verse 6. And here's, here's the picture I want you to have. I will, God said to Moses, I'm going to stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. And he, what did he say to Moses? Say it with me. Strike the rock and water will come gushing out. Strike the rock. What a weird thought. A dead rock. Strike it with that rod, and water is going to come gushing out. How many of you believe it took faith to do that? Now, then the people will be able to drink, God said to Moses. So Moses obeyed God. By faith, he struck the rock as he was told, and water gushed out as the elders looked on. What a sight that must have been. Water gushing out of a dead, dry, lifeless rock. 
by faith. Moses was to strike the rock. When struck in faith, water came gushing out, and the people drank. Now, this is a picture of Bible study. And that's the way I want you to begin to see it. Because so many people don't read the Word because here's what they say, I don't get anything out of it. But you need to approach the Word by faith. That if you strike it in faith, water's coming out. All right? The Bible is the rock we strike by faith in our quiet times with God. Now, we are to approach it by faith. Believing that the God of the Word is there to bring forth spiritual water that we may drink and be fed. And church, I want you to know, I don't care if you don't read good. I don't care if you're not educated. I don't care if you have no desire to do it. God is waiting for you to go into the prayer closet, shut the door, open up this word, and strike that rock by faith because he can't wait to feed you and nourish you out of this book. And that's just the fact. And you say, well, I don't read good. He'll help you to read. Now, let's look at five keys to striking the rock. What what do I do? I go into the prayer closet, shut the door, phone's off the hook, television's turned off, you've told the family you're going to get alone with God. And there you are, you and him. How do you strike that rock and get anything out of the Bible? Well, here it is. First of all, guess what? You've got to read it. You've got to read it. The Word can yield nothing if we don't take time to read it. I mean, isn't that simple? That's so basic. But how many people, it's like those uh, exercise bikes. Of all the people that have one, 92% of them don't use it. It's like those running shoes, those tennis shoes, those Michael Jordan Air Jordans, those track shoes that you bought. You said, man, I'm going to run now. 87% of people with running shoes never run. Now, I don't know what the percentages are of people who have a Bible and don't ever read it, but I know the Bible is famous for sitting on a shelf and looking good and gathering dust on the cover. And that is to the, to the, the hurt and, and loss of the owner of that Bible, because this is God's holy word. It's God breathed. It is given to us by God, 66 books, his love letter to us to not read it is insane. Jesus said, you're not going to live by bread alone. You're not going to live by your paycheck to paycheck or by whatever your job is. He said, you will live, stay alive, thrive by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And you're holding that word in your hands. You've got to read it. It's not an option if you want to stay alive. So you got to read it. To not read the Bible, did you know, is disobedience to God. It's flat out disobedience if you're a child of God and you don't read the Bible. Look what Romans says, Romans 15, 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to do what? Teach us. So that through endurance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Can I flip the coin here? Hope fades when you get out of the Word. So you've got to stay in the Word to keep your hope alive. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Now, here's another verse, Colossians 3.16. Read it with me, everybody, good and loud like you're the one preaching. You ready? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, 
as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. How can the word of Christ dwell richly in you if you don't read it? It can't. It won't. The only way it's going to dwell richly is if you're reading it richly, reading it consistently. Let's look at another one, 1 Timothy 4.15. Look what he says. Meditate on these things. What are the these things? Read that chapter and you'll find it's the teachings of Scripture. Meditate on these things. Give yourself occasionally to them. Is that what it says? No. What does it say? Entirely. Give yourself entirely to the teachings of Scripture. That what? Your progress may be evident to all. So here is a correlation. Reading the Bible equals progress. Spiritual progress. Not reading it, you don't progress. You digress. Okay? Got to read it. Here's another one. 2 Timothy 3.15. He's talking to Timothy. He says, Timothy, think back. That from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures. And what are they able to do if you read them? Make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Look at James 1 verse 21. Therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the planted word in you. And what can it do if you read the word? Save you. He said, well, Pastor, are you saying it will save my soul? What it's saying is it will save you from stupid mistakes. It'll save you from damaging yourself. It'll save the soul there is suke, the soul, which is the mind, the will, and the emotions. The Word of God, when you read it, will preserve, keep, save your mind, your will, and your emotions. How can we not read it? Amen? Let's go on. So first, everybody read it with me or say it again. We must what? Read it. You got to read it. Say with me, you got to read it. I mean, you got to read it. And, and you know what I've been teaching on Sundays? This is just a carryover from Sundays. That you ought to be in the Word of God in a devotional time, in a quiet time, shut away with the Lord for a period of time at least five days a week. At least Start somewhere. You have time to watch the TV. You have time to go to those games. You have time to get on the internet. You have time to do whatever you want to do. Turn that TV off. Walk out of that living room. Walk somewhere else with your Bible and shut the door and say, Lord, here I am, and I'm going to strike the rock by faith, and I'm going to read it. Now, the second thing you've got to do is repeat it. Repeat it. Now, what do I mean by that? Repetition is the key to learning. The more you read it, the more you'll know it, and the more you'll understand it. Let me, let me draw you a little illustration. Look up at the stars at night. I know all of you have done this. At first, if you ever notice, you see only a few stars when you first look up. You see a few out there twinkling in the night sky. But if you keep looking, if you keep looking, let me go back there. As you continue gazing, it's as if more and more stars appear. Have you ever noticed that? Oh, I didn't notice that one a minute ago. And I didn't notice that one a minute ago. And look at that one out there. I didn't see that a minute ago. And if you'll just look up and gaze at the sky for a few minutes, you see hundreds more stars than you first saw. 
Did you know that's exactly the way the Word of God is? You've got to look at it long enough to see the incredible truths in it. The beautiful truths found in Scripture are the same way. The longer you gaze into God's Word, the more truth and beauty appear. So we've got to not just read it, but you've got to repeat read it. You've got to repeat what you read. Now here's what I want to suggest to you. I want to suggest reading the same section or chapter of Scripture every day for a week. I'm going to be bored by the end of that. No, you're not. Because you're looking not in the night sky, but you're looking into God's Word. And you will find that every time you read the same section or the same chapter, you see things you did not see the time before. I've been in the Word since I was 18 years old, and now I'm very sick. And, and I still see new things in old Scriptures. Now, let me give you somewhere to start. 1 John is a great place. You know why? Because 1 John is a small book, five chapters, and they're short chapters. Now, I want to encourage you to do this. 1 John, the first chapter has only 10 verses divided into two simple sections. Now, let's just make it real easy. Okay? Now, look at the first one. Here's the first section. It's the introduction. If you read 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. He says, let's read it together. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and we touched him with our own hands. He's saying we touched very God when he was with us in the flesh. Now he said, that's what we're proclaiming. Then he goes on, read it with me. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. He's saying, we were eyewitnesses. We saw him, we touched him, we heard him, we ate with him, we walked with him. This is not a fable or a myth. Now, that's the first four verses in 1 John. Now, let's end it. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things. Why, everybody? So that you may fully share our joy. In other words, what we're writing to you, the Word of God, if you will read it and grasp it, you're going to experience joy. Now, that's the first section. That's the first four verses. How many of you think you could read those four verses every day for a week? How easy is that? Every day for a week, you could read those first four verses. Well, if you're feeling real adventurous, you could continue and read the last six. So let's read them, can we? <clears throat> Here's the second section. First section, four verses, the introduction. The second section, living in the light. So let's read it, can we? This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. Uh Uh-oh. Now see, the word will meddle with you, won't it? Now let's go on. Verse seven, but if we are living in the light, As God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. 
If we claim we have no sin, we're fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. If we confess our sins to him, this is called the most precious verse in the New Testament. If we confess our sins to him, read it with me, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Then we go to verse 10, the last verse in the chapter. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a what? Liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Now you could read those 10 verses every day for a week. Read it and then repeat it. Well, why do you want to do that? For one entire week, you read either the first section, first four verses, or the whole first chapter of First John, then do the same with chapters two through five. It will not grow boring. I guarantee you it will not. You will find that you see things you didn't see in the last reading, just like looking up at that sky and looking at the stars. So first we must read it and then repeat it. Why repeat it? Because repetition is the key to learning. If you want to learn the word of God, read it and then repeat it. And then repeat it. And then repeat it. And then repeat it. And you know what you're going to do if you go through 1 John this way? If you'll do 1 John, read the first chapter every day for a week and read the rest of it that way, you're spending five weeks on 1 John. When When you're done with 1 John, you will be able to preach it. You will be able to teach it. You will understand more than you way more than you did when you first started. You will experience joy because John said you would experience joy. It'll change your life. Your mind's not going to be renewed unless you read it and repeat it. I repeat what I read and then I repeat it again and then I repeat it all over again and then I repeat it again. If you saw my Bible, listen, your Bible needs to know you were there. If you've had it two years and you open up the pages and they're still stuck together like new. What good has it done you? Now, not only do you have to read it and you need to repeat it, but then you've got to record, record it. Now, let me show you why. Never read your Bible without a pen, a pencil or a marker. If your Bible is too holy for you to write in, tell me, and I'm going to get you One that's not so holy. (laughs) I never, ever, ever, never, ever open up my Bible without a pen. Never do it. Because I know God's going to talk to me. And so I'm going to write what he says to me. I'm not going to let the thought be wasted. You know why? Because paper never forgets. You'll forget. Some of you don't remember lots of things from even last week. But see, when you write in your Bible, you go to it and you strike that rock. I'm here by faith. I'm going to read it. Nothing can happen until I start reading it. And then I'm going to repeat it. I'm going to read the same thing every day for a week. And then I'm going to record what God says to me because he is going to talk to me. No way I'm coming out of this that he doesn't say some things to me. You might forget something you've read or what it spoke to you a year from now, but paper never forgets. When I I have to get a new Bible, it's because there's no more room for me to write anything in the old one. I've even gone in with whiteout and gotten rid of of some things that were kind of ancient and old and didn't need them and whited it out and wrote over the whiteout because I don't read my Bible without a pen or a pencil or a marker. Never. 
Say with me, paper never forgets. Uh, Record what the verses are saying to you. Do you remember what Jesus was like when he was here on earth? What did Jesus do? He opened up to them the word of God. And do you know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? And you know the Bible is very clear that he's living inside of you by the Holy Spirit. And he hadn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Ghost, they are the same. Though they are distinct. And the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. That means Jesus is living inside of you. Hello? And so if he hadn't changed, then what is he? He's still the teacher. He's ready to speak out of God's word to your heart. He can't wait for you to get into the prayer closet and shut the door and shut yourself in and open the Bible and strike the rock with faith and read it and then repeat it and stay with it. Look what it says Jesus did in Luke 24, 27. He's talking to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus after his crucifixion. They are disillusioned. They are shattered. And it says, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, read to me what he did. He interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. What did he do? He opened up to them the word of God. Has he changed, church? Now, the Lord that opened up to them the word of God on the road to Emmaus is living inside of you. So what's he going to do when you open up the Bible? He's going to teach you. And I want you, and God wants you, to be confident. I don't care what you do. You can be taught the word of God by yourself because within you is the Holy Spirit. Luke uh, 24, 44 to 46. Look at this again. What did Jesus say? These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. That everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then, read it with me. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. I don't care if you're a blue collar worker, white collar worker. I don't care if you're educated or not. The disciples weren't. They were blue collar fishermen. They were crusty old, salty old, lifelong blue-collar fishermen. And what did he do? Read it again. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. That same Lord, that same teacher is living inside of you. So when you read it and you repeat it and you've got something ready to write, which is a, a step of faith, that same Lord living inside of you is going to teach you. He's going to open your mind to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Powerful passage. Look what John said in first John two 27, read it with me, but you have received the Holy spirit. And what does that mean? And he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to what teach you what is true. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. What does it say? For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. Do you feel the impact of this tonight? Living inside of you is the greatest teacher that ever walked planet earth. And he opens up your mind to understand the scriptures. 
And John said, yeah, God gave teachers to the church, and that's a real ministry, and we need teachers. But if you're alone, shut in with God, the anointing that abides inside of you teaches you and opens your mind to understand the Scriptures so that you strike the rock and water gushes out and you drink and you come out of there edified, exhorted, and comforted and stronger than when you went in. You'll go in sometimes blue with despair and come out filled with hope because you struck the rock and faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Now, John 16, 13, Jesus said when the Spirit of truth comes, He's going to guide you into all truth. So what you do is you jot down your thoughts. As you're reading, something's going to jump out at you. Something's going to leap out at you and you're going to go, wow, now there's a thought. Now that speaks to me. Now that says something to me. I never thought about that or I never saw that or that ministers to me. Don't let that thought go. Write it down. Write it down because paper never forgets and you're being fed by the Holy Spirit. What are you going to do? If there's ever an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse bomb that went off over the earth above our atmosphere and all electric power was gone, couldn't watch the TV, couldn't receive communication, didn't know what was going on, you know what I want you to be able to do? Go straight to where you've always been going, into the prayer closet, shut the door, strike the rock, get a word from God, let him build your faith so that while around you, though all is crumbling, you're not. Well, y'all are quiet tonight. Jot down your thoughts. Now, put a date next to the verse. I do this all the time. Did it today. When something speaks to me, I put a date next to it. I go, like today, 5, 5, 10. I put a little date right next to it. And what does that do? That's me saying, on that day, God spoke to me out of this verse, and here's what he told me. And I make a little note. And it's, my Bible's full of them, dates. And then a year later, I can go back, and I'll be reading through, and I'll see that date. I say, oh, I remember now. I was sitting outside, and I was going through this or going through that. And God spoke to me on this day, and this is what he said to me. And I date it. You need to date your Bible. And some of you singles, you'd be better off dating your Bible than what you're dating right now. (laughs) I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. Some of what you're dating, you need to say toodaloo and date your Bible for a while. That's free. That could save you thousands of dollars in counseling someday. Now, put a date next to it. That's what I do. Put a date next to it. Just try it. Say, wow, thank you, Lord. You spoke to me. Date it. And then say, here's what he said. Here's what it meant to me. So you can go back and it can minister to you again because you're going to read, you're going to repeat, and then you're going to record what you heard. Underline or highlight the passage. I've done this many times. Here's what some people do. Some people choose to use different colors. Green for the Holy Spirit. You've got markers. You've got your colored markers. If a verse is about the Holy Spirit, 
you mark it in green. If it's about salvation, you mark it in red. If it's about Bible prophecy, you mark it in blue. There's even Bibles you can buy that have that. But you need to have markers with you. You need to mark it. You need to make what God spoke to you historical. Date it. Write down what it said. Because you'll go back to it someday and say, wow, here God spoke to me and and, and I've been forgetting what he said. So I'm going to remember what he said. Okay? Let your Bible know that you were there. Mark all over it. Read it. Say it with me, everybody. Read it. Repeat it. Record it. Then rehearse it. At the end of the week, when you're done with that chapter or that section, whatever you chose, when you're done reading it at least five times, go over your notes, go over what you jotted down. Rehearse it. And you know what this is called in Bible lingo? It's called meditation. The essence of meditation is to ponder, to turn over in your mind what you have read, to reflect on what you have read. You have a mind. God gave you a brain. Don't waste it. Read it, repeat it, record it, and then at the end of the week, go back and look at what he said to you and rehearse it and go over it again. Let me look at what God said to me out of this one chapter. Look at all that he said to me. Rehearse it. That's meditation. We get the word meditation from, or from the word med- meditation. Well, let me just, I've got it right here. Let me just show you. Meditation in the Greek language means to revolve in your mind. You are revolving something, turning something over in your mind. Okay? In Hebrew, it means to utter or to mutter or to speak or to muse. You're saying it. You're muttering it. You are musing on what you have read. You don't read it like you read the Fort Worth Startlegram. You don't skim read it. I don't want you skim reading the Bible. Don't skim read God's Word. Read it. Repeat it. Record it. Rehearse it. Rehearse it. Muse. Think about. Ponder. Chew on what you have read and what He said to you. Did you know the word meditation comes from the same word from which we get the phrase chewing the cud? Now, I know this is gross, but I'm going to read it to you anyway. The cow chews the cud in the morning, then brings it back up and chews it again throughout the day. Now, let's just say it. Gross. Don't want to do that in the natural. But you do want to do that with the Word of God. What you read in the morning, bring it back up what are you doing i'm chewing the word i'm thinking about what i read this morning it's his holy word he deserves more than a cursory glance meditation chew it throughout the day The one who is meditating repeats chewing, repeats chewing what he has already chewed. One of the keys to successful meditation is to go over it again. Chew on it. Look at it again. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
that you may know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How do you renew your mind? Read it, repeat it, record it, rehearse it. And your mind is getting retrained on how to think God's thoughts. Your mind is erasing and replacing. You are renewing your thought life because that's where you either win or lose in life between your ears. The battle is in the mind. And if your mind is always being bombarded and saturated and filled with the Word of God, the devil's got nowhere to go. So, say it with me. Read it. Repeat it. Record it. Rehearse it. In Joshua 1.8, listen, God says to meditate on His Word day and night, so we will obey it. The psalmist said his delight was in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditated day and night. Actually, the Bible mentions meditate or meditation 20 times. The cults stole the word from the ancient script of the Bible. Rick Warren, The Purpose Driven Life, describes meditation this way. Meditation, he says, quote, is focused thinking. It takes serious effort. You select a verse and you reflect on it over and over in your mind. If you know how to worry, you already know how to meditate. Some of you are professional worriers. Well, what, what worry is, is reverse faith. You're believing for something bad to happen. That's what worry is. Oh, no, I just know something bad is going to happen to me today. Or this pain I've got, uh-oh, or, or my marriage, uh-oh, or my finances, uh-oh, or my, my business, uh-oh. And you worry and you chew on that fear. It's reverse faith and negative meditation, and it ruins you. Ruins your day, ruins your sleep, ruins your life. But if you do it conversely and you meditate on the Word of God, you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. And whatever you do will prosper when you are meditating on, chewing on, rehearsing the Word of God. Warren goes on to say, No other habit can do more to transform your life and make you more like Jesus than daily reflection on Scripture. If you look up all the times God speaks about meditation in the Bible, you'll be amazed at the benefits he has promised to those who take the time to reflect on his word throughout the day. And then someone else. In the book, Satisfy Your Soul, Dr. Bruce Demarest writes these words, quote, meditation refocuses us from ourselves and from the world so that we reflect on God's word, his nature, his abilities, and his works. So we prayerfully ponder, muse, and chew the words of Scripture. And what is the goal? It is to permit the Holy Spirit to activate the life-giving Word of God. Remember that old song, His Word is Working Mightily in Me? Well, some people could sing, His Word is Working Kinda in Me, or His Word is Working Every Once in a While in Me, or I remember when His Word was Working Mightily in Me. But how about every day we could say, His Word is Working Mightily in Me, because I'm reading it, repeating it, recording it, and rehearsing it, and my mind is being renewed. To meditate at the end of the week, go back over what you underlined, what jumped out at you, 
what spoke to you and think about it again. Rehearse it. Reflect on it. So can we say them again? Read it. Repeat it. Record it. Rehearse it. Now finally, here's the last one. Respond to it. A word not acted on is a dead word. A word not acted on is a useless word. James wrote, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. You see? The only good word is a responded to word, an acted on word. Moses could have gone to the people and said, man, did I get a word from God? Well, what did he say to you? He told me to strike that rock. Wow, well, we're sure thirsty. Well, you know, I just like having the word. Well, strike it. We're dying of thirst. I, you know, I just kind of like knowing that I got with God and got a word. Let me just see law this word for a while. And what if he never struck the rock? They'd have all died right there. What did he have to do? He said, strike that rock, Moses. He said, okay, here goes. I'm holding a staff, a shepherd's crook in my hand. And here's a, here is a dead stone. But I'm going to hit it because God told me to hit it. Whack! Whoosh, out came a spring. They all drank. The only good word is an acted on word. Okay? So ask yourself the question. When you're done with reading it, repeating it, recording it, rehearsing it, when you're done with those and you're finished with the week and you've read the same thing for a whole week, then you ask yourself the all-important question. How can I apply this to my life? How can I walk on this? What does God want me to do with what I read? Let me give you an example as we get ready to close. Back to 1 John 1. Let's look at verse 6. He says, so we're lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. Now, I've read that seven times in one week. I've read that seven times with a pen in my hand. I've made some notes. I've, I've maybe dated it. I've dated it. Now, by now I've really thought this through. All right. I'm lying if I say I have fellowship with God, but I go on living in spiritual darkness, living in sin. I'm lying if I'm living in sin, but say that I have fellowship with God. I'm not practicing the truth. What do I get out of that? It's easy. Here's what I got out of it. Just getting ready for this tonight. It means I must walk in God's truth. If I want to walk in his light or walking in his teachings equals walking in the light. If I don't walk in his teachings, I can't walk in the light. The more I read it, it's like popcorn. You put it in the microwave. It's one way when you put it in, but the longer it's in there, pop, 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 pop. That's the way the Word of God comes alive. So now, the more I look at it, the more it pops. The more I'm getting out of it. And I can apply it to my life. Okay, Jeff, that means that I need to really 
pay attention to the way the Bible tells me to live, the teachings of Christ, because as I walk in his teachings, I will walk in his light. And if I ever get away from the word of God and walk out of the word of God, I also walk straight into darkness. So it came alive to me. My decision, I will walk in the teachings of Jesus. As I do, I'll remain in the light. So say this with me, everybody. Can we stand together? Read it. Say it with me. Read it. Repeat it. Record it. Rehearse it. Respond to it. Anybody can remember that. And that's how I've been reading the Bible for years. For years. How many of you needed this tonight? Okay. Now, let me encourage you. Don't walk out here and say, boy, good word. Strike the rock, Moses. Strike the rock. God's just waiting to talk to you. Father, we just thank you right now. For the living, breathing word of God, you gave us this Bible, Lord. It's your word. May it never gather dust on our shelf, but may it, Lord, be the means by which you speak to us and change us and renew us and guide us and strengthen us and mature us. Help us to read it and repeat it, record it and rehearse it and respond to it. In Jesus' name, let's sing, Joe. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God is so good. Yes, he is. God is so the shout to be this how often do we get into the word at least and what do we do read it repeat it record it rehearse it respond to it give the lord a hand of praise and you're dismissed see you on mother's day